Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. If you've listened to this podcast before or follow me on social media, you will have heard me refer to a career as a journey. And if you know me or have attended any of my HR career workshops, you also know that my career has been a windy road of ups and downs. And I think this is the case for many professionals. Yet it's not the expectation of a lot of people just starting out in their career. They want a clear path with set milestones, and they want to know that what they decide to do when they finish university is what they will always do. Unfortunately, the problem with that is that it leaves so much space for disappointment when your career doesn't progress in that upward trajectory, and it doesn't allow for you to accept the changes and growth that ultimately come over time with experience and increasing your knowledge. Well, my guest on the HR Mentor today knows all about windy paths, and she's an expert in helping other people navigate their own career journey. Donna Hall is a career coach based on the unceded territory of the Squamish and Seashelt Nations, known today as BC Sunshine Coast. Such a beautiful place. Donna has had a diverse career and brings the lenses of a chartered professional in human resources, certified executive coach, and career development practitioner to her coaching practice. With a focus on supporting early to mid-career professionals with career challenges and changes, Donna is on a mission to empower others to take control of their career journeys. In our conversation today, we talk about Donna's career path and how she made decisions and she shares some fantastic advice about how you can best determine which career path to start your journey on, as well as how a career coach can help you along the way. Donna is an extremely positive, generous and engaging person to talk to. I think by the end of this episode, not only will you have more clarity on how to navigate your career, but you're also going to want to go kayaking and then curl up on the couch and watch Elf. So hey, let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Well, Donna, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited and have been looking forward to this conversation as well. So I just, before we get started, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your work, but I just wanted to share with people how we met because I think it's an important story for emerging practitioners about the importance of creating a network. So Donna and I, well, I was presenting a webinar. It was for the CPHR mentoring program. And Donna, you're a mentor. That's right. So Donna was online and I invited anyone that was on the session to connect with me afterwards. And you so graciously reached out and and made a connection. And as soon as we started to talk about our backgrounds, I think we both almost simultaneously, it felt like said, hey, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, that's immediately what I felt was kindred spirit. Yeah. And we'd had similar backgrounds and we're interested in similar things. So we got to talking and and set up a, a coffee chat. And I invited Donna to come on and talk about her work today. So I, I think it's just really important for not just new um, HR professionals, but anyone to think consciously and intentionally about their network and and building career connections. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we essentially met through LinkedIn. And it's just evidence that you need to go beyond just sending the connect button, but sending mm-hmm. a personalized message and making time to connect with people who you have that 
connection with or uh, a similar experience or who you think you can learn from, um, just going, taking that extra step to really build the connection so much more valuable than just hitting connect. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that because I, you know, you get those, you get those connection requests. I get those connection requests. And then you're, you're sitting there looking at their profile thinking, okay, what is the connection that we have? Like they saw something, but I don't know what it is. So I love it when people write a personalized note as to why they're interested in connecting with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really good advice. So let's, get started and talk about you. Um, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about uh, your business, Donna Hall Coaching, and uh, what your role is and and who it is that you work with. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Donna Hall Coaching. Well, that's me. I'm Donna Hall. And I started my coaching practice uh, about two and a half years ago, though I've been coaching for much longer than that. I primarily work with um, new professionals or mid-career professionals who often are quite successful, um, but in their heart or their head or their gut, something is telling them that they're ready to try something new or to achieve something different, that there's more to uh, more to life that, and their career that they want to experience, but they just might not know what that next thing is. And so I help them get clear on what that is and to develop strategies to help move towards that. That's fantastic. And I I really like that you have a specific niche because I think when we think of career coaches, we often think of helping people who are looking for maybe their first job or just looking for a job, right? It's mm-hmm. Help, help me get a different job. And and that's one of the things I loved about your approach when we had coffee was that you're, you're looking at the person more holistically and more about their satisfaction, <laughs> their joy in their work. And it's not just about getting a better paying job, right? It's not. Um, one of the things that uh, you and I connected on, Melanie, was around Um, bringing values and aligning our values with our work. And uh, as a career coach, one of the things that I know is really important for people who are considering a new job or new career is that they need to be really in tune with themselves and things such as their values. So sometimes my clients are surprised when before we start talking about what job they should be doing, we do some internal reflection and look at their values and their strengths and the things that make them feel really good and proud. So it's, it is a holistic approach. It's not just about words you need to put on your resume. Yes, 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 absolutely. It's interesting. You say that, that you were talking about being proud, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think I mean, I've certainly been there in my career, and I, I know lots of other people have. It's, you know, you get to a certain point, or maybe even you start down a path, and you realize, eh, I don't know if this is the best path for me, and and you just you don't you can't put your finger on it, but you just know something's not right with with the direction you're going or the job you're doing. And often people think that they need just a different company. Right, that it's <laughs> um, and if I just work for a different company and make more money, then this, uh, you know, all of this discomfort or uh, unhappiness is going to go away. And often, it's something internal that people are wrestling with; they just don't realize it. And it sounds like that's where you start your process with people. Absolutely, what I recognized um, back in my HR days when I was doing recruiting. I would see people applying for jobs, um, very similar jobs. So there, there's this idea, just as you said, if I just get to that new company or if I make a little bit more money, if I have different benefits, maybe I'll, I'll be happy or fulfilled. And so what I would see was people moving from one job title to another similar job title. Mm. And while at first, it's kind of like shiny objects. They're like, oh, the shiny objects yeah. are great new people, it's exciting, maybe a fancy new office, uh, your favorite coffee shop is just right next door, all those shiny objects. But what happens is you're doing the same tasks because it's a similar job. 
And then that's what's going to leave you again looking for another job. Yes. Do you think that the reason why a lot of people end up in that situation is because they just lack, I guess, self-awareness? Or is it because they lack the tools to sort of uncover what the problem is? Or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's self-awareness. We're not given space to do things like look at our values and to Mm -hmm. think about our strengths and think about the things that we do that make us feel proud and fulfilled. So there's, there needs to be that self-reflection piece and we need the time and we also need the tools to do that. And it's not something that we're taught in school, how to, how to do there, there should be a course, (laughs) but but it it isn't part of our academic curriculum to do self-reflection work. So the time, the space and the tools is a big piece of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, I think sometimes a luxury to sit back and think about, well, what do I really like to do? What do I enjoy doing? And I know I encourage new graduates. I had a conversation with a student who's about to graduate. Well, I guess she won't graduate for a year, but she was looking for some advice on her education path as it related to her career. And I said, you know, take a little bit of time to really think about what you enjoy and what makes you excited. And I think we're taught to be pragmatic, especially in university, right? It's like, get the degree, get whatever certification is going to help you get the best job, and then, you know, go on this sort of trajectory. And yeah, a lot of people find they get mid-career, they might be making really good money, they get tied up in a, a mortgage, a vehicle payment, a dog, maybe a... a <laughs> kid or two. And then it's like, who has the luxury to think about what I want at that point, right? Absolutely. And what also happens over that time is everything about ourselves changes. Our values have changed. Our strengths have changed. Our interests have changed. And we're not given the, the chance to explore our curiosities. And there's a lot of pressure around that straight line career trajectory, as you just um, talked about. And that's not the reality for the vast majority of us, even though there's that's what people want us to have. Most yeah. of us have much more windy and twisty and branching off here and there, a big mess of a of a career trajectory <laughs> as opposed yeah. to a straight line. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say mine is just a jumbled mess for sure. <laughs> mine but too. It, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I always say it's a beautiful mess and, and I'm proud of it, but it but it's not a straight line for sure. So that's a perfect segue, Donna, because I'd love if you could talk a little bit about your own career journey and how you came to be in this place of being a career coach. Mm, okay. I I took a gap year after I finished high school, but it turned into five. So <laughs> that's awesome. So I took some time. I went back to university and and I was really, I really at that time still didn't know what I was wanting to do and changed majors several times. Um, I ended up graduating with a degree in uh, cultural anthropology because I thought I I really liked people and it was an interesting subject. Hmm. And from there, I did some research positions related to culture. And um, what I learned from that was that I actually liked working more with people than (laughs) with research or like books. And so that was kind of a lesson learned that I I needed to be working more with people. I started working as a uh, manager in a retail store at Mountain Equipment Co-op. And I learned working there that, wow, really great policies for people is really exciting and really great. And I loved being the connection between employees and, uh, and benefits and uh, all the great policies and how the organization was supporting employees. 
So that's when I kind of got my first taste of human resources. Okay. While I was uh, working as a manager um, at Mountain Equipment Co-op, which was a fantastic fit for me because number one, I love the outdoors. So it aligned with that passion and interest and values. I loved that it was a cooperative. So at that time, so that again, aligned with my values and the way that they treated employees really inspired me to pursue HR. And I was like, I want there to be more of this in the world. That's great. <laughs> so I pursued my human resources education and while working there. And then this is where things kind of get interesting because I know that students that you work with often have that challenge of how do you get that first HR job? And at this point, the experience that I had, while it wasn't quote unquote in an HR department, there were tons of things that I was doing that were HR related. Okay. So I took that experience and I moved it into a position, a new position for a nonprofit organization where again, it wasn't exactly human resources, but what I was doing was finding volunteers with specialized skills to help nonprofit organizations. So okay. right away, you can see the connection between human resources and this, and this job. Because Absolutely. I was finding people with the right skills. I was assessing needs and organizations to fill, fill gaps that they had and building relationships and, and connections. So that then allowed me to get my first quote unquote real human resources job <laughs> within, yeah. within um, it, an organization that had a small human resources team. Okay. What I kept seeing happening over and over again throughout that time because of the recruitment um, that I was doing for that organization and even with the volunteers was that I kept seeing really awesome people not getting jobs that they should be getting because they didn't know how to go through the recruitment process. Hmm. So yeah. that led me into a job. So I kind of switched again out of... Um, specifically human resources, flipped it around to the other side and started working in career development uh, for a university, University of Manitoba, to be specific. And what that allowed me to do was to take all my skills and experience in human resources and share it and give it back to the students to help them succeed. Right. And what I really learned in this experience was that it wasn't just enough for me to tell people what to do or how they should do things. But the actual skill of coaching was so valuable for students and uh, well, and anyone who's thinking of a career change or a job change. The skill of coaching allowed me to go deeper with individuals to help them actually figure out what it is that they wanted to be doing what was actually going to bring them fulfillment and joy that whole thing that we were talking about a moment ago yeah. where it you know don't just apply for the same job at a different organization really figure out what's going to motivate you I just want to ask a question there so when you were working with the students mm -hmm. and it you know, I've been having conversations with people about this this week is that often they want us as a faculty member, they want you to be really practical and say, okay, tell me I need to do A, B, C, D, and I'll do those things. And then I'll get my A or whatever, whatever it is their goal, or I'll finish this project, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And did you experience that on the career side? Did they come to you and just say, okay, Donna, this is great. Find me a job. Um, <laughs> right. And, and weren't, you know, if you talk to them about coaching, you know, maybe they weren't really interested in coaching. They're like, yeah, that's nice. But I just want, I just want you to fix up my resume so people will notice it and I'll get hired. Did you face some of that resistance? Absolutely. However, I was very sneaky and I didn't tell people I was coaching them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that's the trick. <laughs> so, uh, so I would have conversations that I would just, I would ask questions. They wouldn't necessarily know that it was coaching questions. So even simple questions 
when a student would come to me and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm interested in applying for this job. Can you help me with my resume? Right. And immediately the first question I would ask them would be, okay, how does this job align um, or how does this company align with your values? What's the connection? Can you explain what's going to motivate you to work for this organization? Um, Even a simple question like that is coaching um, that they might not be aware of, but it would help the student understand that it's got to be more than just, uh, I need, I need a job. And yes, you need a job, but get that, find that job that allows you to be connected to the organization so that you're motivated to do the work. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a great approach. And it it made me think of my um, employment counseling days when I started my career and I first graduated. I worked as an employment counselor for couple of years, three years, maybe. And, and, you know, one of the things that um, I was, I was dealing with displaced forest workers. So they had to come and meet with me as part of their, you know, getting funding for retraining, that sort of thing. And so they would come into my office and sit down and go, okay, develop me, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And then you sit down with like an action plan and you ask them (laughs) what you like to do, what interests you. No, 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 no. Just tell me what I need to do and find me a job or pick a new career for me. And, And it always took a little while for, for me to, I guess, navigate that relationship uh, with them and and help them see that, you know, I can't just develop them into something new and and lay a career in their lap, so to speak, that there's some some effort that needs to go into it, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and I like what you said about the fact that people don't people don't come to job seeking or career planning with previous experience. They're not skills we naturally learn through life. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and to add to that with the career counseling or career coaching, it's a new concept. It hasn't been around for that long. And the way that it has shifted between an employment agency where you go and you say, okay, these are the skills I have. And they send you off to a job site. Um, It's very, it's quite different now. It has shifted a lot and there isn't necessarily awareness from the general public. What, like, what, what is a career coach? My mom and dad still don't know what I do, right? They're like, (laughs) a career career coach. So what, what is that? (laughs) So (laughs) Can you pay your mortgage with that, Donna? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, so you left your your you know your prestigious HR director job to do what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. But there is just there's this uncertainty about what it what it is, and there's also some discomfort because people for some reason believe or feel that they should be able to figure this all out on their own. That's and exactly so they can it. be resistant to get ha- having help given to them. Yes, I, I think that is absolutely it, that there is this misconception that because I've got a job before that I should be able to figure this out. And I and I agree completely. I think that's where some of the resistance comes in to asking for help. Like, you know, as you know, I'm doing a huge renovation in my house. Well, I know a few things, but I'm not a plumber. Mm-hmm. Like we have no problem asking for help for those sorts of things, but we look at our self-development or, you know, our career development and we think, well, I should be able to figure that out on my own. And so people struggle and they flounder a little bit with it. Absolutely. It's the, uh, you you don't have to be an expert in everything. And when you're, you, when you're not, you seek others expertise. You know, it's been long accepted that we hire people for, um, for plumbing, if we don't know how to plumb or that we hire an accountant, if we don't know how to do our accounting or a personal trainer, if we want to get in shape, yeah. even counseling and therapy for mental health, that's becoming more accepted and more norm. And I think career coaching and career counseling is coming along slowly, but it is one of those services that exists that people might not know of or feel comfortable asking for help in because it might 
it's still kind of our careers and our jobs still seem to fall into that category of I should be able to figure this all out on my own. Yeah. yeah. So for anyone that's listening today, you don't need to figure this out on your own. <laughs> no, please don't try to figure it out on your own. That's miserable. Yeah, yeah there's people to help you. No, that I think that's really important. It's an important message. So I want to shift gears um, a little bit and ask you what you see as the biggest mistakes people make when they're considering a new career path or a career change. Well, I feel the obvious answer is they don't hire a career coach to support them. <laughs> but um, uh, Aside from that, I think one of the things that is overlooked is the um, what I'll call the in-between job. So okay. sometimes if we're if we're working in one career and we and we have figured out if we have lots of clarity that we're going to move into this new uh, this new direction, sometimes one of the best things that you can do is have that in-between job mm. to remove yourself from you know, if, if you're in a, say if you're in a really toxic work environment, or you're just really, really unhappy, you're overworked, you're stressed, it can be really hard in that state to have the time and space to focus on what's next, even if you know what it is. So sometimes it's that in-between job where you can gain some time and some space and start maybe gaining some different perspective or training or skills or experience in a new industry or sector that then allows you into that uh, to take that next bigger step. So I think the in-between space is something often uh, very overlooked. Okay. I've never really thought about that before. That's really interesting. Could you maybe give us an example of how an in-between job would fit into someone's career path, like what that job might be? Is it is it meant to be in alignment with what you want to pursue? Or is it something close to what you're leaving, but maybe just a little bit better? Can you? Yeah, I know? think all of those things you just said, I'll, I'll describe a real life example um, okay, of a client that I worked with who uh, they're an architect. And burnt out, they were highly burnt out, and they needed to leave their work environment. It was very, very clear that that had to happen. But <laughs> they had a mortgage to pay and food to put on the table. So something had to happen to be able to continue to pay the bills before that they could then really have that time and space to get clear on the next thing. So the position that they moved into was a sales representative for a company who sells furniture to office spaces. So okay. So the connection there is that they were then connecting with all of the architects and all the designers in the city to sell them the furniture that they needed for their designs. Beautiful. Then what they did, because they had the time and space then, that they were relieved from the, that pressure of that uh, the architect, or architect job that they left, yeah. we, could do, we could spend the time figuring out what the next best move was for them. They're working for a university as a space planner, which means that they are designing spaces for students. So they're using their skills as an architect. They're using the skills that they gained and the knowledge and the connections they gained while working as a sales representative for the furniture company. And they are put, they've put it all together and landed in this new position. And it was very clear that the time in the in-between job allowed them to really identify what are the must-haves, what are the skills that I want to be using, what environment do I want to be in, what are the things that need to check off all the boxes. And they're having huge success. They're super happy. They had the ability to pay their mortgage and take that time yeah. to then move into something. So I hope that is a I hope that's a good example of that is <laughs> That's perfect. And, and what a beautiful concept. Like, I, I mean, I've been working in HR and careers, and I've never heard it described that way. And in between job like that, I absolutely love that. And I, I hear what you're saying, like, when you, when you get in that space, where you're just so busy, and so stressed that, 
having space to think about yourself and what you want, again, feels like a luxury. It feels selfish. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have a family and people that are relying on you and there is this other path. Like I think people just think, well, I'm just going to keep doing this until I end up, you know, I I can't handle it anymore. And I go on a, a, you know, some kind of medical leave or something to that effect. Like there's, it feels like there's no way out. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's a fantastic concept. And And it was a great. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I just, that's what we don't want. We don't want people to get to that breaking point. We, when you start hearing the whispers, you know, don't wait for it to become yelling and screaming. Like if, if there's a whisper, if there's something in your heart or your head or your gut, you know, depending on where you feel it, pay attention to it because you don't want to, you don't want to let it simmer too long. Yeah. I, that's, that's really great. I think that's awesome. And yeah, it's a great story too. I'm, I'm glad to hear that the person found their way through that. So So let's talk about emerging professionals, new graduates. What advice do you have for them when they're trying to figure out which career path they should pursue, whether they're an HR grad or, or in another discipline? Like what, what advice would you give them? Uh, Follow your curiosity. Stay curious. What is, um, follow things that are interesting for you to be learning about. One of the reasons that I knew I needed to uh, flip out of uh, HR again was because I wasn't enjoying what I was learning anymore. I wanted to learn something different. So follow your curiosity and back to the whole values thing, stay in alignment with your values and know that your values change over time, but make sure that you have some alignment with the company or the organization that you're going to go work for. It will make life much more enjoyable. Hmm, that's great. How how often do you think people should revisit their values? You know, it it really depends on what's happening in uh, in your life. I recently was working with a client, and it was about a year later we looked at her values again. And what what happens with values is the values that are out of alignment are the ones that are that are coming up as like, I need to do something about this. And so when you are intentional and you look at that and you, and you bring more alignment in by taking action to create the alignment for that value, then that value becomes a little bit, I don't know if it's like a voice, it becomes a little bit quieter and another value that's out of alignment can speak up and say, okay, now pay attention to me. And so it shifts. So, I don't know, on a yearly basis. You can over, over uh, assess your values, but uh, yeah, from right. time to time, especially when something major has changed in your life, if you a new right. job or a new relationship or you're moving, like if there's a big thing happening, touch back, uh, touch base with your values. Yeah. I would also add to that, that if you're feeling and I think this is a bit of what you were saying, if you're feeling some discomfort in any place in your life, if it's in a relationship that's particularly problematic, or, you know, maybe, maybe you're not feeling physically well, or something like that, those are good times to check in with your Mm -hmm. values, because that's where the discomfort is, especially in relationship, I think that happens. You know, you you might be in a relationship for a long period of time, or or maybe not, maybe a short period of time. And it I don't necessarily mean a romantic relationship, but any relationship, if you start to feel like there's tension, maybe it's with people at work, maybe it's with a friend, what's happening there? Mm-hmm. And and checking in with that. And I know I've done that before, and I've I've found I had to distance myself from certain people or set set new boundaries because what I realized is that my values had shifted and different things were important to me and and relationships don't always serve you through your whole life. Right. And yeah. So if you're starting to feel some kind of of disconnect or discomfort, that might be a good time to revisit your values for sure. Absolutely. Great advice. 
One other thing I wanted to ask you about sort of a practical question is what would you recommend or what advice would you have for someone pursuing a career in coaching or people of thinking of taking a coaching certification to complement their HR role? Mm-hmm. Oh, great question. Thank you. Well, number one, I highly recommend uh, coach training for anyone. Uh, the skill of coaching is something that can be learned and it's incredibly valuable for all for life and all of your relationships and how you can connect with people uh, in HR. It's, you know, you're, you're dealing with other people in the, in the organization all of the time. And so having a different way to communicate and to understand is priceless. So I mm. highly, I highly recommend anybody to get coach, uh, coach training and to learn that skill. I use it all the time when I'm meeting new people for networking, for just for curiosity. I am a naturally curious person. So asking questions does tend to come quite naturally to me, but asking the right question at the right time is Hmm. like, it's just a a awesome skill to have that will serve you well, always. Uh, That being said, the the advice that I would give is uh, do your research for where you're going to receive your coach training. There's all kinds of different organizations who offer training. Um, so do your research to figure out what's the right fit for you. Okay. Coaching is kind of coaching. So the skill is the same, regardless if you're a life coach or a wellness coach or a career coach or an executive coach. Coaching is kind of coaching, but make sure you get the right coach training for you and what is the, like, what the outcome is that you want and make sure it's from an accredited company or school or training program. And if you don't know, just do your research. Yeah. And I, you know, I've seen over the years, there's so many organizations offering coaching certifications and programs and, and some of them are, you know, pretty inexpensive and very short programs. And I would say if it sounds too good to be true. It might be <laughs> to be true. So I, I echo that definitely do your research. And I I've worked with a lot of people that have had that have coaching certifications and um, you know, they, they develop those skills. Well, they're always developing them even once they have their certification, but the certification process is an investment. It takes time. It's a worthwhile one. I agree, but it's not something you do in a weekend. (laughs) No, no, it's, you can, I have done, I've I've done all kinds of different coach training. You can take a workshop and you can uh, understand and grasp the concept of it in a weekend. But to become a, a practicing coach, that's definitely not enough time. It is more of, of an investment than that. I definitely would would agree. So do the research and figure out what the right fit is because, it, yeah, it's an investment, but it's a beautiful investment. <laughs> if there's any investment you're going to make for, for, for professional development, I recommend it. <laughs> I'm biased, obviously, but uh... <laughs> yeah, but it served you well throughout your career, and now it is your it is you know yeah. your your full time career. So I think that's that's fantastic. So one last question, and then if you'll indulge me, I have some fun questions for you. But what should people expect if they decide to hire a career coach like yourself? What what should they expect from the process and and also in terms of their time investment into the process if they want to, you know, really uncover the right career path for themselves or support a transition? So that's a that's a tough one to answer and the reason being is that every coach is a little a little bit different and the process that they use might be different. So again, this is where if uh, if if you're considering hiring a coach, do the research, get recommendations, interview your coach, interview okay. multiple coaches to make sure that you find the right one for you and the right uh, program for you. As far as what you can expect, a lot of questions being asked. Some coaches, uh, what I have done is I have created a specific program uh, that walks people through 
what I know to be the, a foundation of what people really need to be able to speak about, you know, their values, their strengths, putting all these things in alignment. So some coaches may have uh, developed programs with modules uh, that you do some self work with other coaches. It might just strictly be uh, conversations and interviewing or like questions and conversation. So it kind of, it kind of depends on, on the coach. So that's okay. when, again, I think I, I've, we've said this a hundred times now, do your research yeah. and make sure that you find the right coach who is going to give you the right results that you need. Yeah. I think it's like working with, you know, any professional, you want to make sure that you feel comfortable with the person, you're going to share personal things, you're going to go on a journey with them, and you need to be comfortable with that individual. It's not unlike, you know, counseling, I know lots of people that have gone to counselors or therapists, and they go once and go, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it's it's not the right counselor. Yeah, you know, And, and sometimes you just need to, a spend a little bit more time with that person or b find a different person to work with you, you know, you Again, you go to get your hair cut somewhere and you don't like the haircut, you go back to that person. We're really good at saying, well, we're not going to go get my hair cut from them again. But, you know, it, it's the same thing. It's a personal service. Yeah. And yes, a little more expensive than a haircut and <laughs> maybe a little more significant, although for some people, it's really important to them. But yeah, you have to you have to do a bit of research. I like what you said about getting you know, getting recommendations, reading testimonials, you know, maybe getting references from the coach, interviewing them. That, that's yeah. great advice. Well, and sure. I always, I'll always ask if I'm connecting with somebody for the first time, I'll always ask them if they have interviewed other, other coaches. I want to make sure that they have done their due diligence. It's, it is an investment uh, in time and in money and, and, uh, and the other thing that I'll always say is if we're connecting and if I'm not the right coach for you, I'll always encourage them to let me know because I know a lot of coaches and right. I can make that referral based on what their needs are, who would be, who I know that I feel would be a really great fit for them to connect with and, and interview. Um, it's a common I just spoke with somebody today who was referred to me by one of my coach colleagues because she knows that I specialize in, or, and have a career focus and she right. focuses in leadership. And so she, you know, passed them along to me and that's what we, what we do. And so a really great coach is also going to help you find the right coach and a really great coach. That's wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Well, we will leave links in the show notes of this episode for people to be able to connect with you, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. And can you maybe just tell us what your website address is? If you have a website? Yeah, yeah I'm at DonnaHallCoaching.com. So Donna, D-O-N-N-A Hall, H-A-L-L, Coaching.com. That's perfect. Yeah. Sometimes people don't go to the show notes, so it's good to just say <laughs> these things. And Don is also on LinkedIn, and I'm assuming you're comfortable with people connecting with you there as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm also on uh, on Instagram at Donna Hall Coaching, and I post lots of little snippets of uh, uh, things that I know and questions people have and try to share as much as I, I can there as well. So yeah, please join me there as well. All right. So I have, and I I did pre-warn Donna about my speed question. So I have five (laughs) questions that I want to ask you. So just the first thing that comes to mind when I ask these, and we'll have some fun with it. So the first question, if you could work for any organization in the world, which one would it be and why? Oh, this is the hardest question. I know. It jumps everybody. (laughs) Um, can I say Donna Hall coaching? Cause it's my organization and it's awesome. Of course, can. Of course I can. No, if I actually, um, the, who I would, would love to work for is, uh, Patagonia. Oh, cool. Yeah. They, uh, cause I, I love the outdoors and wilderness and they make exceptional gear to help people get outside. Uh, but they yeah. are also exceptional in their business practices and their human practices and their environmental practices. Like they just, um, 
have a, the bar set really high for how they conduct business and uh, and treat people and treat our environment. Absolutely. And I'm assuming you've read their book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Awesome. Okay. I think this one we can maybe figure out, but what is your go-to stress release activity? <laughs> Basically anything in nature, uh, kayaking, uh, ocean kayaking being number one. I've never kayaked on the ocean. I have a kayak. I kayak on the lakes and I love it, but never on the ocean. Well, bring it on out to the, bring it on out to the coast here. I'll take you. I want to. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. You're so lucky to live near the ocean too, right? It's just being there is stress relieving for me. Absolutely. I grew up in the prairies, so it's a very different environment than I grew up in and I cherish every moment of it. Yeah just being by water for me is it's everything. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you could go back to the day you graduated from university or high school, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, I think it's the same advice um, that I gave earlier to the new, for the new grads, which is just stay curious, keep following mm. your curiosity. That's beautiful. Yeah. If only we could all do that through our whole life. Just think how much happier people would be. Yeah. Okay. This one's like one of my most important questions. Coffee or tea? Depends on the time of day. Okay. <laughs> Coffee in the morning, uh, a nice herbal tea in the afternoon. Yeah. I had to stop drinking coffee in the afternoon. I got to that point. Someone told me, I don't know, maybe five years ago, you'll get there, Melanie, some, one of these days, you won't be able to drink coffee in the afternoon, it'll keep you awake. I'm like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Yeah, sure enough. About a year ago, I had to stop that business. So. I'm not there yet. So fingers crossed. Okay, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, last question, which book or film has had the biggest impact on you as a person or a professional and why? Uh, second hardest question. Um, so <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything other than the only, I, I'm drawing a complete blank. The only thing that I can think of right now is the movie Elf with Will Ferrell because yeah. it's just makes me so happy and brings me uh, endless joy. And, and so terrible answer. It doesn't make me sound intellectual whatsoever. Um <laughs> I love it. It's what comes to, it's just what came to me because it brings me, it just brings me joy. Yeah. It's so funny. It really is. I think he's one of those actors or that type of humor. Either you love it or you hate it. Right. And yeah, he's hilarious. I'll, I'll share um, one thing that will make you feel better maybe. Um, <laughs> and don't worry about being intellectual. Um, I loved, well, I still do, Jim Carrey. And when Ace Ventura Pet Detective first came out, I was going to university and I was working at Earl's here in Kamloops at the time. And that movie came out and I, I don't even know how many times I've seen it. I could almost recite the whole thing. And this, this guy that I worked with, he used to act out some of the scenes in the restaurant. And I still, to this day, I think of that and it just makes me feel good. Like it was just such a funny but goofy movie and yeah I pretty much love everything Jim Carrey does oh awesome I love that yeah it's just neat how things just get stuck in us and it you know little phrases or little um, yeah. things and then they just come up and when they do that just yeah brings me joy and uh frequently That's in good. my house when when you have to say goodbye you do it in the in the sad voice of the narwhal in uh bye eddie <laughs> hope you find your dad um <laughs> so it's just it's a constant thing that is always around in in my house so elf um, there you go <laughs> that's awesome we will put a link to where you can watch elf in the show <laughs> Donna, this was so much fun. Um, I really enjoyed our first coffee chat. I felt like we could have, you know, talked for days and, and this was the same. It was just really a pleasure to talk to you. And, and I really appreciate you sharing your experiences and your wisdom and, and, um, and your journey with us. I think it's so important for, 
not just new professionals, but everybody to think and learn about other people's career paths, just to appreciate that there is no right way to have a career, mm-hmm. you know, and really exemplify that. And and I'm sure you bring that into your coaching conversations with people and, and that benefits them, you know, so I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for having me. It's been an absolute uh, delight. And I'm so glad that, uh, that I took that extra step of connecting, uh, sending you that the note, not just hitting connect. As I hope all the listeners are listening to that, you know, building building relationships. This is actually how it works. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, it, and yeah. now I have a kayak date somewhere in the future to look forward to. Right, which I'm even more excited about. <laughs> right, see, yeah, uh, one of the uh, uh, you know. The whole world has changed over the last year and a bit. We all we all know that, and technology has changed things so much. And it's one of the, uh, for me, one of the silver linings um, has been meeting more people uh, like like you, who I otherwise wouldn't have met of just because of geography. And here Absolutely. we end up in this virtual world together, where we get to meet and connect, and uh, it's it's game changing in a lot of ways. And so something to really think about as people are moving forward with their careers that everything has changed because of this. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And, and it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Some of it's kind of sucks, but it's not yeah. all bad. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I can't drive there tomorrow and go kayaking. <laughs> I could really use a break. <laughs> soon. Soon. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I sure got a ton out of that conversation. Donna, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, experience, and your personal journey with us. I think there is so much value in staying curious, in alignment with your values, and open to whatever your career journey could possibly look like. If you want to connect with Donna, make sure you check out the show notes where you can find a link to Donna Hall Coaching, as well as how to connect with Donna on LinkedIn. And remember our advice from the beginning, a personal message goes a long way. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, I would love it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. And while you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for being here today and for listening. Take care. Bye for now.